0: Hi, and welcome back to The Expansive. My name is John. I'm one half of The Expansive podcast. I'm an author, a keynote speaker, and a future strategist. And I'm always joined by my co-host, Eric Kruger, who's an executive coach, author, and speaker.
1: Hey, welcome to The Expansive podcast.
0: If you're joining us for the first time, we release a new episode every week about what it means for individuals and organizations to approach the future with an expansive mind. Join us as we challenge the status quo banter about life and expand on our perceptions of what is possible and what a week it's been. Eric, what's been really highlighted for you in the media about what's been going on for the week? Because it's been a real expansive week.
1: Sure, I feel like, you know, it's, uh, it's quite tough just to keep up with all the developments happening all the time across so many different avenues and dimensions of life. Uh, two things that really stood out is that uh, there was this uh, article on Business Insider about the UK that's now investing 220 million rand into warning young people about the risks of crypto investing. And I mean, we've been seeing this sort of trend now for a while where people are making a big fuss about the education around finance for younger generations. Because I think what's been happening more and more, crypto is just one of those things like it's big, it's shiny. It is, um, the whole idea behind it is that you can get rich quickly, you know, like pump it to the moon, like let's go. And so it becomes very alluring. And then you have, uh, on top of that, you have platforms like Robinhood that makes it very easy to trade. This isn't necessarily crypto, but just it's in the same space. And all of a sudden what happens is people are losing a lot of money. Uh, They are making stupid financial decisions. And when you're young, it can have a really detrimental impact. On the trajectory of the rest of your life. So I think it's really good that people are starting to take it more seriously, the education of young people regarding finance.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I've been watching some stuff around Robinhood and uh, they deem it as we are educating the younger generation on how to trade. But I also saw another stat that if you had to follow all their suggestions, you would have lost like 300%, something like that. Sure. So wow. there's uh there's, there's a, there's, there's an easy way for these companies to allure people into making money because times are uncertain. And so people are looking for a quick fix, mm. which is kind of alluding to what our uh, episode is on today. But before I introduce it, uh, is there another? Oh, you said there were two articles. That's Yeah, out. there was one
1: more. And I think this is something that we've touched on repeatedly on this podcast, which um, the headline for this article was employee mental health is a huge concern after such a brutal stretch. Uh, but the one thing that really caught my eye in the article was that what seems to be happening and you know we always talk about the fact that out of despair and out of um out of trauma there is growth and there are good things that happen off the back of it and one of the good things that seem to be happening is that we are normalizing the idea that people suffer with mental health issues and that things like stress and anxiety and overwhelm it's very real it has a very real impact on business And we have to really think about how we support people in that context. And one of the things that grabbed me from the article was that um, they did the study They had a thousand and five employees go through the survey. And what they found was that people or that organizations have become more accepting of people's mental health challenges. And I mean, that's Mm. a a really good thing.
0: Well, you know, there's a meme on Twitter the other day I saw is that people are really worried about their mental health. And, this, and the, the, the meme, I mean, it was a comedic meme where organizations are like, yo, yeah, yeah, we'll just give you um, extra food at the, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> wherever, like they were doing nothing really practical to help people. They just, they were like, it was all fluff. But I, but I think it's coming to our heads because, you know, because of the uncertainty that we're in right now is obviously a major part of this mental health that we're having. But let's not forget that we have automation just around the corner, in fact, already with us, uh, already a lot of trucks are being driven around America with uh, without any drivers. And that's the number one employer employment sort of sector in America is, is mm. truck drivers. But we have automation right across the board from lawyers to doctors to receptionists to drivers, and dare I say it to authors to speakers. and kind of right across the board, there's this automation that's coming. So not only are we sitting with COVID-19, we also have automation that's coming And What automation always signals to us is that that sector or that aspect of that sector has got some patterns that repeat themselves. And because of that, it's becoming commoditized because that's what automation is. It picks up on patterns, Mm. these patterns repeat themselves and that's how you get an automated X, Y, and Z. And so we have, the commoditization of so many different sectors where things used to cost a lot of money that are costing less and less and less. So where people used to make money, used to make like creating services in those sectors, now can't anymore, you know? Mm. So besides COVID, we have automation, commoditization and digitization, which is kind of like one driver towards this mental health. And another driver is that we live in a something that I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before is called the surplus society. We have a surplus of similar people being trained in similar courses, studying in similar universities, doing similar jobs, creating similar products. And this has created again, something that's commoditizable. And so mm. your degree, your job, your business has now become part of the surplus society, which means that profitability is decreasing, there's more stress. So when, t- when we talk about today's topic, which is all about purposeful futures, it's about understanding what purpose is, why it's important for us to tap into. We have to realize why it's become so important in a state with mental health, the Robin Hoods of the world, taking so much money from people, uh, like pretending like they're not just some shiny object for easy money, but I'm opening inverted commas and closing them. If you're listening to this on podcast, when it comes to this idea that we, we we are retraining our youth in financial terms. And I I disagree Mm. with that. And I'm sure you do as well. So Mm. that's the first reason that I find that it's important for us to move towards purpose. What are your thoughts? there?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I think, you know, one of the um, like, even if we just go back to our previous podcast, we spoke a bit about Simone Biles as well, for example, is that it's easy when we see someone um, sustain a physical injury. That we look at that and we go oh you've been injured you need to rest take care of yourself recover all those kind of things but when it's mental we don't see it right and therefore we don't we don't give it the same weight as a physical injury for example the moment we give it weight is when people reach the end the end stage of it which is like burnout or a depressive episode that crashes them then we go like oh sorry something is wrong with you like you need to take some time off recover relax rest whatever it may be and I'm hoping that what's happening is that we are realizing that we need to assign weight to mental health issues earlier and that we need to give people the support they need earlier. And mental health makes it sound like this, like it's this big, you know, disease that you might be infected with. But it's not that. It's just we all go through this the the uncertainty, the overwhelm, everything that you've just discussed. And it's I just feel like it's gonna be on steroids pretty soon. And like the the COVID time has shown us what that's going to feel like. But we shouldn't expect that we won't feel this intense change again, pretty soon. Like it's, it's coming, like, you, like you've been saying.
0: Yeah, I think because it's invisible, it's not tangible. Yeah. So we don't give it the attention it requires. And, and still a lot of people don't have a coach, don't have a mentor, don't have a therapist, and often remark that I only go to those things when I'm sick or something bad has happened. Yeah. And the truth is, is that's like, well, I'm not going to exercise until I'm really fat or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go seek help with my marriage until it's really breaking apart. And those are broken ideas. You know, we need mm. to be seeking this invisible ubiquitous issue that we all have as human beings. You know, all of us carry trauma, all of us carry memories, all of us carry issues that we need to deal with. And it's important for us to tackle them. So mm. as much as it's important for organizations, sports teams, and all these places and, and, and sectors to give it more space, it really comes down to the responsibility of the human being themselves to take on sure. the challenge of diving deeper into their issues. You know, I, mm. I'm always asking people, of geez, even you, Eric. I'm like, come and do ayahuasca. Trust me, it's just going to change your life. And a lot of people remark to me, I just don't want to deal with that stuff. Mm. And I'm like... I know, nobody wants to deal with that stuff, but that stuff's lingering in your perspective, in your memories, in your energy, it's, it's just lingering. And so mm. we need to get to a point whereby it's time to deal with those things so that we don't get to a point of burnout and we don't get to a point of uh, sort of just breaking down. And yeah. I think that especially in this period of time where so much is uncertain, the only thing you can manage is your behavior. Now, if you're sitting with uh, mental issues or you're feeling depressed or feeling down you're feeling sad or sorrowful those are all valid emotions but what's the plan to break out of them what's the plan to develop a new identity that's not linked to those and i think that's the real tough thing and so today we want to go through a bunch of things that will help you and your organization develop more purpose and this is obviously something that's been thrown around for so long. I mean, I love Simon Sinek, but start with the why. If I hear that term again, I'm going to puke because everybody says it. Like, you know, you've got to have your why right. But nobody even understands what the hell a why is. We mm-hmm. all love the fact that Apple isn't about making computers, but ask them about what that means in their own lives, and that just falls apart. So, yes, the why, start with the why is great, but um, I've written a, a talk called uh, – not written, I've created a talk called – Purposeful futures, and I've broken down some characteristics that I think are important. But I'm sure you'll have much to add to it. But uh, any ideas before I kick in?
1: Yeah, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to it because you know we actually we know each other's content so well. You know, I could write mm-hmm. your book for you. I mean, what do you mean? Like, why don't you write it yourself? Well, you could just ask me to write it for you're, you. you.
0: You're right, but you're struggling to write your own one, Eric. I didn't want <laughs> to <That's> uh, <laughs> put more burden on you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good, good. Well, one. just just as a side caveat, um,
0: I'm about to bring out my fifth book called "Who Are We Going to?" Um, no, "Who Are We Becoming?", which I'm really, really happy about, and I'm really excited to to bring out. And um, so, as I'm writing it, Eric has been launching his second book for the last year. And Eric bless his soul. I love Eric. He's one of my closest friends, but he has a problem with perfectionism. Everything has to be perfect. Can't launch nothing. Me, I'm like, <laughs> get it out there. Get somebody else to check the spelling. I'm on to the next book. We obviously come from very different aspects of life. Um, but, yeah, uh, but you, you're excited, yeah?
1: Okay. I'm very excited for the book, by the way, um, oh, okay. and to see the, to see the cover and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say is that this is uh, an area of your work that I don't think I've had much insight to because I haven't heard you deliver okay. this talk before. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. It's not actually a, a topic that we've covered in the podcast before, I think. Mm, even So mm. I'm excited to hear what you have to say and just uh, kind of take it a bit in and awesome. also see where I can add some, some rebuttals or yes, insights. I'm yeah. sure. No, no, Go of course. Pro. You always do.
0: So my biggest frust- frustration is when organizations ask me to come and give them talks about purpose. And what, what, what is always happening is that at the end of the day, you have a bunch of shareholders that are telling you what your purpose is. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, like, it's a pointless exercise. Like you can go and you can skin it in any beautiful way in your reception hall. I remember uh, uh, what, what the massive insurance company that's uh, there by Stain City, also owned by him. Um, I don't know know what the company's called, but when you go to that company, it's a very impressive set of offices and they have the most beautiful terms and whys and purposes all over the building. But ultimately not one of them says we need to make as much money as possible. And Mm. ultimately that's what insurance companies are doing. In it and say you're helping people and yes, yes you are. But right now, the minute you have to pay back a lot of people, uh, what did the old insurance companies do? Um, no, no, there's problems, there's caveats, there's issues. It's like, oh, hang on a second, that just changed the whole game. So all the people who are in insurance listening to this, you know what I'm saying? I don't need to be, You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be dodgy in saying this. You know it yourself. But let's talk about purpose. And 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 look, I think there is four things that we need to think about when it comes to purpose. The first thing is that. When we were in agricultural times, uh, two, 300 years ago, the most important part of our body that we could make decisions from was the brawn, the muscle, the understanding of the soil, toiling it, and understanding the seasons, planting. And if you were really successful, you would feed your family, and you would be able to trade a little bit in your market, okay? Then comes the Industrial Revolution, and we move away from brawn to logical left-brain intelligence. And this is what we've been trained in for the last 200 years. And logical thinking is very important when you're making decisions in a linear fashion. Very, very smart and very necessary. But as we move into this new quantum hyperdynamic world, this idea of logical thinking kind of is becoming less and less relevant because now we need to rely on intuition. And intuition is always based on this gut feel that you have around what to do next and what's going to be working for you specifically and maybe for your business. And what has happened is that because we've been so focused on left brain logical thinking, we've become so focused on our addiction to certainty that we have forgotten how to be intuitive. We've forgotten. When I say forgotten, it's not like we ever knew, but it's innate in us Mm. to want to awaken again, and it, we've forgotten to be curious, and we've forgotten to just make decisions based on gut health or gut, gut health. <laughs> gut. <laughs> yes, your gut health is important. Um, I, I guess honestly, if your gut health's bad, I don't think you're making good gut decisions. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Because now they've proven that your gut is your third brain. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, so your, your your gut intuition. So the first thing I want to say is moving to intuition is moving towards your unique vibrational focus in on your intuition and how that works. Now, this is a brand new perspective that we need to adopt. There are no rules and ways to get there. It's just about trusting that aspect of who we are a little bit more. Anything Mm. on that?
1: I'm trying to think what exactly does that look like when you are? Yeah. I'll tell you. So the second part will lead into this. Cool.
0: Is that uh, passion is another word for purpose. and another word for passion and purpose is curiosity. And I often say to people, stop looking for your passion, just follow the golden thread of curiosity and allow that to lead you to passion because you can't find out what you're passionate about if you're not exposed to many things. If you're only mm. exposed to three, four things, how are you ever going to be exposed to what you're actually here for? When I say here for, I mean on earth for, So what we have to do is we have to follow our curiosity because what that does, it leads us to our passion. It gives us exposure to as many different aspects of who we are and the world. And then together, what we can do is we can create this idea of what our intuition is. Because let me ask you, if you know somebody that's excellent at interior design and they know what they're doing and they're on purpose, they have a very clear intuition of what would fit where, what colors go with what, what fabrics can be used. That's, a, that's almost like a sixth sense that they have. Now, if it comes to you, and I've seen you do this, is that like you have a very clear intuition with words because you focus in on them so much. You're very deliberate about them. You like naming things. And so you have this intuition around words. If you think about um, any person that is, that is really on the top of their game, you can see them doing things that other people can't do. They, you can see them connecting invisible dots that other people can't connect. What is that? Mm. That's intuition. Mm. That's that's almost like this invisible force that we've become so good at. And I know this because when I'm on stage, I can be having three conversations. I have a conversation with the audience. I have a conversation with myself and then another conversation with myself, asking myself why I'm having a conversation while I'm on audience, while I'm in front of the audience. And that speaking is part of my mm. intuition because I can mix and match words on the fly. And I don't even know how that happens, but that's my intuition. Now mm. what brings intuition to play? Curiosity. Now I've written about curiosity extensively in Foresight, but I can't get away from bringing it up again because how do you not bring up curiosity in a space where intuition becomes so so worthwhile because it's unique and the world is celebrating uniqueness. It's celebrating fitting mm. out instead of fitting in. Any any you know, points there, Eric?
1: Yeah, I love that because I think I, I think there's actually value in prioritizing curiosity over purpose and, and i'll tell you what i mean by that is that mm. i remember you know especially when i was running better man in the day that purpose and i guess like starting with why was such a big part of this whole drive around like what is your purpose what is your purpose and everyone wants to know like how do i find my purpose and i think what i what i saw over and over again was that people were so obsessed with finding their purpose like this mm. one big thing that is going to drive mm. your life mm. for the rest of your life. And you're going to wake up in the mm. morning and you're going to be excited about it. And you're going to like, like it became so all-consuming that actually mm. they couldn't figure, like it it, it was counterproductive. It was actually, mm. yeah. it was actually demotivating them. It was actually making them feel worthless because I can't pressure, find my pressure. purpose. Yeah. yeah pr- lots of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you prioritize curiosity, yeah. if, if that's your go-to, then over time you discover what is the thing mm-hmm. that really fuels you? But also absolutely. you realize that there might be multiple things that fuel you. Like, yes. there, there, there doesn't need to be one big narrative for your life. I yeah. think that's an old, yeah. outdated way of looking at it. You I can agree. have multiple narratives for your life. And that's a great yeah. thing. And the way you get there is through prioritizing curiosity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, I'm also very, very curious and love playing beach bats. Could I make a business out of that? And I could I earn money from that? Absolutely, I could. I just don't choose to. So we've Mm. also got to realize just because you're passionate about something on purpose and something doesn't mean you have to go and do it. So if you like cooking Indian food, doesn't mean you have to go and open up an Indian restaurant. You know what I mean? Mm. You also Mm. have to be careful about what you're doing and and what's happening in the marketplace. So the first thing is intuition. And the second thing is curiosity, but really it's the lead into uh, that scenario. Now, another thing I wrote about in Foresight, and again, something I can't get away from is this concept of letting go, of wisdom. And, and the most famous, and not the most famous, but one of my favorite sayings around wisdom is having memories with no triggers, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Or Alan Watts, knowledgeable and man has to learn something new every day, but the wise man has to unlearn something new every day. And it's this process of unlearning that's so incredibly difficult. But if we aren't able to let go, how do we become then on purpose in the new world? And so we have to let go of some identity. We have to let go of some idea of who we were and what brought us success in the past in order to be able to develop this new purpose. Now, the trick is this, is that you actually don't even need to let go of the past. What you need to do is you need to, Fill your day up with so much curiosity that you naturally evolve away from your past. I think a lot of people sit there and go, No, oh, how am I going to let go of who I was? Actually, that's not the job. The job is wisdom comes in the practice of curiosity towards exposing yourself to different sectors and passions until you figure out what your new identity is. And in, in passing, you let go of your past. So it's not mm. like you wake up in the morning and go, okay, I need to let go of my past. No, no, no. The action of curiosity and, and, and purpose and passion seeking automatically does that. It, it relieves you of holding on to your past.
1: Mm. What do you think of that? Yeah, I like that. And I mean, we've you know, we've been speaking about this also since the start of the pandemic with the fact that you have to go through transition. I mean, this is also it's it's the the chapters or how your book has also been broken down, right? It's like yeah. this yeah. idea of like we're going from um one place to the next, but we can't get there by holding on. But I like yeah. what you're saying about it relieving you from your past. That's such a great way of phrasing yeah.
0: it. Mm. Cause I mean if you if you think about it, you know, if if I, I don't know. I mean, look, let's say you got you 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 want to stop eating so much, right? Instead of trying to stop yourself eating, just find new things to do while you used mm. to eat. Now, mm. That's the same thing. It's, like, it's almost like I'll let go of my eating identity if I'm running or if I'm cycling or if I'm doing yoga. So just replace that idea that I need to lose weight with. Yeah. Let me become active and let, let, let me relieve the past. You know? so, I think
1: that could be an entire episode. Uh, there's so much to unpack there, but I think it's a great, it's a great point.
0: That's a great point. Let's, let's mm. actually let's make that another episode. And then lastly, and I think this one's really important. Uh, not important, just a nice one to close it off is an entrepreneurship mindset. You know, I I truly believe that we've arrived at uh, what I call an era of forced entrepreneurship. And it's almost as if for the last 200 years, entrepreneurship wasn't really celebrated. It was celebrated to get a job, to get a degree, to get a job and to stay in a job. You know, entrepreneurship wasn't something that you strive for. You didn't hear about the entrepreneurs that you looked up to. You know, you had soccer fans. I mean, soccer stars you looked up to. The Elon Musks of the world, they weren't really something that was highlighted in the past. And mm. so this entrepreneurship mindset doesn't mean that you have to have your own business. It would help. But what our entrepreneur actually is, is three things. Quite simple. I like to solve problems with maximum enthusiasm so that I have a gift of solving a bigger problem. Mm. That's it. That's an entrepreneur. And I am wired for the puzzle, not the solution. Remember that as we were taught at school and universities and work, we were wired for solutions. And because now the solutions are not clear, we have to be wired for the puzzle. And this idea that we only wired for solutions is based on our addiction to certainty and what Stanford University call a dopamine prediction error. And it's this idea that we're not allowing ourselves this, these, these amazing brain stimulants because we're so addicted to certainty, we want absolute outcomes and not actually focused in on the puzzle itself. Mm. So very quickly, as a recap, because I know we have to go into the second section of the talk, of the podcast, but we need wisdom to let go of the past. We need curiosity to lead us to purpose uh, and to passion. and then what we need is we need an entrepreneur mindset who's, who's really there to solve puzzles after puzzles of the puzzles and in that state what we do is we arrive at our purpose and mm. now what we are is we are purposefully future focused because all we're doing now is we've been pulled into the future by this very innate intuitive space of who we are individually love it okay great i hope that helped um I love this, I live this and I know you do as well and a lot of people listening to do. A lot of people are unhappy in jobs and if you're unhappy in your business or your jobs, slowly but surely start to follow this process and slowly but surely your past will become your past and your future will start shifting. So mm. new input always results in new output, remember that. If you're doing the same thing, don't expect new results.
1: You know, I was, um, I was speaking to my, my wife the other day and um, she said she's, she's finding that she's an entrepreneur these days. Mm, and meaning that uh, she's Mm. an entrepreneur but inside of the organization because that's exactly and I'm glad you kind of contextualize it like that because
0: Mm.
1: you can have the entrepreneur mindset inside of a team and more and more that's going to be something that will actually be screened for I think like Mm -hmm. before we get someone into the organization we're going to want to see what is your adaptability quotient we're going to want to see what is your Mm -hmm. your thinking about solving problems you know Mm -hmm. like that's going to become more and more important so uh, I'm glad that you also contextualize that you can have that irrespective of who you are without running a business.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's available to everybody. So just before we go to our first question, you can also be part of our WhatsApp group where we engage with our listeners and you can send your questions and remarks about the podcast. The number is plus 27 064, 64 Let's go to our first question and hear who has sent us this question.
1: Hi, Eric and John. Thanks for the awesome podcast. My question is, how do you regain your purpose if you've lost it? Thanks so much.
0: Eric, do you want to tackle that one?
1: Yeah, so I think I think the um the framework that you've laid out here actually answers that perfectly. that if you said that you've lost your purpose, I would say that you know it's always there to rediscover, and the way that you rediscover it is through curiosity and mm-hmm. without putting all that pressure on yourself to have your purpose. Like, I I just, I remember over and over sitting in coaching sessions and people saying to me, I need to find my purpose, I need to find my purpose. And it's like, one coaching session is gonna help me do that. Like one 30 minute conversation Mm. or one hour long conversation. And I need to just know what direction my life needs to go in. And, you know, I think maybe to logic and religion plays a role in this as well, but like there's, there are so many narratives that highlights the, the, the purpose. It's like the thing that you need to have for you mm. to drive your business because with, with a purpose you can endure like anything right like that's the mm. the narrative that we told but it's mm. fine like to wake up in the morning and my purpose for today is to get through the day my purpose mm. for the day is to deliver a great keynote like i don't mm. think purpose needs to be this long drawn i think you can also find it in your day as you go through your day in the small things that you do so take off the pressure that would be my first answer here take off the pressure of finding that purpose again and then just enjoy and relish the curiosity Mm. what would you say
0: yeah i think it's a constantly moving dynamic and maybe you had it and lost it and had it and lost it and you know it's a it's a continuous moment uh that you need to be seeking out because you can move off purpose. If you get caught up in old stories, if you're not wise, right? Not letting go of the past. And so this lady who sent the podcast, did you get a name by the way?
1: No, didn't catch a name.
0: So thank you so much for the kind comments on the podcast, but truth is it's a constant process. There is no, okay, I've achieved it. That's it. Everybody get the IP on our purpose so that we don't have to look after it again and nobody else can steal it. No, this is a constant moving process. So as you evolve as a human being, so will your values and your ideas around purpose change? And as the marketplace changes, that's also asking you to reshift how you do things and what you do. So, it's the following the, the equation that I've shared with you, um, which will also be in my new book. Um, this is something that that you could be
1: practicing mm. that we
0: all practice. You know, we also don't have a, a solid. This is my purpose. I've done. It's a continuous process of going through this. Let's go to the second
1: question. Cool. Yeah. Hi, this is Joe from Dubai. Um, My question is really, what do you think are the subtle differences between purpose at an individual level versus purpose at an organizational level?
0: That's our favorite uh, Emirati. Hey, Joe, what's (laughs) up? You're not on your bicycle, running or swimming. Nice to have you uh, on this uh, this podcast. It's your voice here. Thank you so much for all the support that you always share with us and uh, share our podcast. Look, I think this is a great question, because if you are working for an organization, the number one thing you want is your organization to have a value match with yours. Mm. And you could have a value or a purpose of A, and over time, it's changed. And so your organization is still on A, but you've moved on to B or C. And then that means that an organization is not in line with your purpose anymore. also, you've also got to ascertain what you prioritize, what's most important for you, and what are the things that you really enjoy? And does your company express that? Are you proud to say that you work for that company or this company or what they're doing? And does that really extend your personality into the world? Are you proud to be associated with that? That's the first thing. The second thing is organizations need to rejig their idea of purpose. I really do think that most organizations are here to make money. And look, again, I'm not anti-profit. I think it's awesome, but I just think there's a more elegant way to go about doing it. And in fact, having a long-term idea around purpose can become the most profitable thing you can do. And so organizations on their own need to rejig it. And then on your personal level, it's a continuously moving process, you know? So mm-hmm. you've got to continuously rethink and ask yourself, am I in line here, am I not in line? Am I doing the things I want to be doing, not doing the things I don't want to be doing? So that's a constant, process and iteration and also remember and I say this to everybody that works for me and my teams, nothing is forever. You want to leave, Not you don't want to work with me anymore, that is absolutely cool. I'll help you find your next thing and help me find somebody to replace you. Mm. And so I've also come to the realization that some people, you know, you grow out of things and that's also okay. And that should be actually the thing, you know, we shouldn't be staying because of be scared or fearful. Mm. Eric, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah. I- what I would add to that is uh, I recently spoke to my brother. He works for Microsoft. And, um, you know, I think purpose, ultimately, if it's done correctly, spills over into your culture and mm. it, it gives you a feeling of, you know, is this the kind of business that I want to help build, that I enjoy mm. being a part of, that I mm. want other people to be a part of. And he's told me how often he's had co-workers resign. And he'll tell them, like, don't go and look for a company that's going to give you more money. Like, go look mm. for the culture fit number one. Mm. And mm. he told me about four people that, that's done that. They left for more money and mm. they ended up quitting all of them within like a year because mm. the culture wasn't right. And what that means is that more, more often than not, like there's a, a purpose in a culture mis- mismatch, you know? Mm. So mm. I do think it's really important for you to find a company that, that stands for something, that there's conviction in how they show up. And I was uh, I was doing some research on Disney this morning, and I was just quickly putting this up, because um, in his last shareholders meeting, Bob Iger said, uh, creating quality entertainment is our number one priority at the Walt Disney Company today, and it will remain the case for the next 100 years and beyond. And I think when you have something that's so solid, like what I like about that, you know, is that you were saying, like when you started this podcast, often you'll walk into a company, and they'll have their vision statement, mission statement, mm. like purpose, everything mm. against the wall. But it's mm. all like you can copy and paste that to any other company. Integrity, and be the same. excellence, yes. innovation, exactly. teamwork, yeah. <laughs>
0: communication. Let's just go through all of them. Yeah,
1: it's it's so bland and it means yeah. nothing because those walls, yeah. the, the words against the wall, aren't yeah. reflected in people's behavior. And I look at that and like it doesn't feel fluffy and soft yeah. and like yeah. cuddly and woke point. and everything it's just to the yeah. point and this is what the company does this is why we exist and we do it well you know yeah. and around that then everything else can adapt and everything else can flow and move and yeah. and change but that stays quite central if you have a really like strong that. focus um,
0: yeah you know uh, microsoft went from a i know it all company to a learning company Mm. And that was the sort of mic, that mic, that sort of move that such an brought. That growth mindset is like: look, we're here to learn and connect people. We don't know it all, and we not have don't have to be a closed sort of uh, environment, yeah. which is what the last guy did. And that's actually quite uh, talk, a good ex- yeah.
1: sorry, uh, mm. they a good example of a company that shifted purpose because yes. I think initially yes. Bill Gates said mm. our purpose is to have a desktop on every Compute, uh, yeah. household so, in the world, the household yeah. whatever, yeah. Then that's mm. pretty much achieved. Like I mean, yeah, digital exactly. like the penetration is there. So the then they shifted to something more like uh, we want to enable people to do the best work they can wherever they're at. Mm. Uh, I'm mm. butchering that, but but yeah. they shifted. They they realized that they have accomplished one thing. It can't mm. stay the same. Mm. Okay, so there was one last question. Will, no, no, no. It. Before we Toyota, yeah.
0: Toyota got a new CEO. Do you know what he made the purpose of the company?
1: <laughs> uh beat, beat the hell out of Tesla. No. No
0: more boring cars.
1: (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) That's great, eh? (laughs) No more boring cars. He's a a great grandson of Toyota, who's actually the founder of Toyota. Wow. And uh, yeah, no more boring cars. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Excellent purpose. Last question. Good day, Eric and John. Matthew Christopher from Great. My question is, is our purpose there to serve ourselves or others or both? Thank you. Here we go, all the way from Nelspruit. I feel bad that I dissed Nelspruit last week, so apologies <laughs> to all Nelspruitarians. My aunt and uncle actually live in Nelspruit, so uh, <laughs> great question. I love it, and I think that it, the answer is both. And if you aren't accessing your own genius for your own purpose through your own curiosity to find this elusive internal magic that we have always been, we've always, we've all been embedded with you can't serve anybody else. So I think it's almost impossible to be purposeful for other people. You have to first and foremost, prioritize your own curiosity over other people's and don't think of it as selfish. Think of it as self first, is that when I feed myself, I am then better for everybody else. When I prioritize others, then I come to the party empty and nothing to add. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think it's a bit of yes and maybe and both.
1: I agree with you. You know, I've never, I've never heard someone talk about a purpose and it wasn't directed towards the outside world, towards serving Mm. people in some capacity. Like, I've Mm. never heard of a purpose that isn't that. But Mm. at the same time, why is there this incessant hunger for finding our purpose? Because there's something Mm. very deeply meaningful about having that
0: Mm. and about knowing Mm.
1: what it is. And we want to wake up in the morning, you know, with that sense of completeness. And mm. I think that's what a, what a purpose does. So yes, it does serve you in that way that you get to show up in a, in a much more meaningful way for yourself and for others. But Absolutely. ultimately, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you very much uh, for being with me again on this podcast. Well, we together, not that you're with me. It's not my podcast. It's our podcast. So it's uh, great to be doing this podcast with you again. Thank you for all the questions and thank you for all the remarks. As always, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for uh, tuning into the podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or with your team. If you really enjoyed it, then please head over to iTunes store to leave us a review. We love those five-star reviews. A quick reminder that there are two ways in which you can enrich your expansive experience. First is to book either Eric or myself for an event to speak at or to do strategy sessions for. And we also combine what we do to bring learning experiences to your team, utilizing voice and podcasts. And if you wanna know more about that, please uh, get hold of us, DM us on social media. And then we have introduced this new WhatsApp group that we mentioned a little bit earlier. This is something that we're starting to build up so we can build a community around the expansive. We're happy to answer any of your questions and interact with you um, as much as we can. The number to get hold of theres four six four one seven o one, And we look forward to you joining us next week. Eric?
1: Yeah. Thank you. I think that was really great. And I hope that everyone has uh, gained some new insight on how to create a purposeful future. Ciao. Bye bye.